Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. The current Israeli offensive against Palestine in 2021 began on the 10th of May, making it the deadliest offensive since the Gaza War of 2014, named Operation Protective Edge. Since that date, Palestine's death toll exceeds 200, mostly women and children, while Israel's is currently around 10, also including women and children. In Gaza, the Israel Defence Force attacked Hamas and other militant groups, assassinating senior Hamas personnel and terrorising the defenceless population in Gaza with merciless airstrikes. Among the targets was the home of Yehta el-Sinwar, Hamas's most senior official in Gaza, who heads the group's political and military wings. The third such attack on the home of a senior Hamas official. Hamas and Islamic Jihad have confirmed that 20 of their members have been killed. The IDF has sought approval for further attacks on Hamas, including assassinations. A single bombing in Gaza City over the weekend, the deadliest since the war began, killed at least 42 people, including 12 women and 8 children, and wounded 50 others. Numbers are likely to rise as rescuers bring out victims from under the rubble. Another airstrike hit a house in the Shahti refugee camp in Gaza City, killing at least 10 members of an extended family, mostly children, while at least eight people were killed and 45 wounded again over the weekend, mostly civilians, including two doctors. There have been mass solidarity protests across the world, and today's program of Accent of Women will bring you some of the highlights from the Melbourne rally. We're going to start here with Janine Haroum. She's a Palestinian woman who spoke at the Melbourne rally. Hi, everyone. Um, I'd like to tell you my personal story. Um, but before I begin, I would like to start by acknowledging the Bunurung, Bumurung, Wurundjeri and Woiwurrung people of the Eastern Kulin Nation and pay my respect to elders past and present. While we gather here to stand in solidarity with Palestine and Palestinians, it is important for us to acknowledge that the same system that vilifies, oppresses and imprisons Palestinians also vilifies, oppresses and imprisons First Nations people right here on this continent. While we watch settler colonial violence unfold in Palestine, never forget that we have seen over 500 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander deaths in custody since 1991. It is also important for us to acknowledge that while we as Palestinians were and continue to be victims of the colonization of our own land, here we are the benefactors of the colonization of this land. Our fight for the liberation of Palestine on this continent must first and foremost center Aboriginal sovereignty. And I would like to say to any First Nations people joining us today, your fight is our fight and our struggle is one. Uh, as I mentioned, my name is Janine, and I was named after the city of Janine in the West Bank. I was named Janine as a sign of resistance, and I was raised by my parents and grandparents to do that name justice. I was eight years old the first time I heard my name on the TV. At first, I was excited that my namesake was getting a mention on the news. And then I realized the reason it was being mentioned was because a massacre, now known as the Janine Massacre, was happening. 
I already knew that Palestinian resistance ran through my blood, but in that moment, I realized how inseparable the Palestinian liberation movement is from our very identity. As Palestinians, our existence is, in and of itself, a sign of resistance. Even though I'm named after the city of Janine, I'm not from Janine, my grandmother is from a, I'm sorry, my grandmother is from a town called Tarshiha, and my grandfather is from a village called Hittin, both of which are in 48 Palestine, now known as Israel. My grandfather's village, Hittin, was completely erased in 1948. In 2018, I returned to Hittin, and we had to find an old map of Palestine to try and figure out where the village was. My dad sat in the front seat of the car, holding up the map in front of his face, and we spent most of the day driving around in circles before we finally found Hattin. By the time we got there, it was almost dark, and we only had a few precious moments to soak in our surrounds. And those very short moments were the most confronting moments of my life. It was so hard to believe a village used to be there, that there were homes and schools and lives that were lived there. It was as if we had never existed. Hattin is not unique. There were over 400 Palestinian villages that were erased in 1948. And the threat of what is happening in Sheikh Jarrah right now is not unlike what happened to Hattin. And while Hattin is not unique, nor is the Palestinian struggle. As much as we are lied to that what is happening in Palestine is complicated, there is nothing complicated about it. Israel maintains a regime of apartheid, ethnic cleansing and occupation. None of these concepts are new. They have all existed in some form throughout history. This nation is founded on settler colonialism. We are all familiar with apartheid South Africa. What is happening in Kashmir is occupation and what is happening in East Turkestan is ethnic cleansing. Drawing parallels between our struggles doesn't only shed light on the commonality of different social justice issues, but it also shows us that as Palestinians, our freedom and liberation is so inherently intertwined with the freedom and liberation of so many others around the world. Now more than ever, it is so important to stand in solidarity and fight for justice and truth. One way to do this is through the BDS movement, which people have mentioned in previous speeches. BDS is a Palestinian-led movement BDS is a Palestinian-led movement for freedom, justice, and equality. It aims to pressure the state of Israel to meet its human rights obligations using the tools of boycott, divestment, and sanctions, hence BDS. BDS Australia, BDS Australia is about to launch a campaign against Elbit Systems, which is an Israeli defense and security company that manufactures weapons and arms and field tests these weapons and arms on Palestinians. The Australian government has, in the past, had billion-dollar contracts with Elbit Systems, and the Victorian state government currently has a $6 million contract with them to establish a research centre right here in Melbourne. <laughs> Elbit, along with most of our campaign targets at BDS Australia, do not only harm Palestinians. The governments of India and Colombia also have contracts with Elbit Systems, and both of these governments are currently perpetrating state-sanctioned violence against their own citizens. 
please like and follow BDS Australia on social media to keep updated on our upcoming campaign. And finally, I would like to reassure you all that what we are doing is working. The Israeli Supreme Court postponed the forced evictions of Sheikh Jarrah citizens for 30 more days because of local and international outcry. We are seeing a rise in media coverage on Palestine and we are becoming harder and harder to ignore. Maintain the momentum and maintain the rage. We have a protest again, same time, same place next week. It's not over yet, our struggle is ongoing. It does not start or end with Sheikh Jarrah. Our work is only done when the entire Zionist project is being abolished. to say, I just want to reiterate and share my support as an Aboriginal woman. My name is Maruki, I'm from the Gunai and Gunditjmara peoples and I organise with Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. <laughs> the illegal occupation of Palestine is illogical. Uh, Israel is illogical. It's as illogical as Perinalias here in Australia. It's a legal fiction and it's shameful. stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. Today's show focuses on the Israeli bombardment of Palestine and you just heard some highlights from the Melbourne rally, specifically the speech by Janine Harum and Mariki Onis. Next up, I speak with Reem Yunus, a Palestinian socialist and educator. Um, uh, certainly, uh, the situation has been brewing since the start of this year, at least since the start of this year. Um, the problem, there is um, an eastern Jerusalem uh, neighborhood called Sheikh Jarrah, where the 28 families are threatened uh, to be evicted um, to give their homes that they lived in since 1956, according to the United Nations. It was given to them after they were ethnically cleansed from 1948 Palestine, their own town, which is now called Israel. And uh, they were given this land since 1956 by the UN, and the Jordanian government gave it to them. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, always side with the, um, the settlers, the Israeli settlers, uh, because it is part of a long-standing uh, tradition and policy within the um, Israeli um, uh, society, uh, I mean, government, is to 
uh, to Judaize uh, Jerusalem as best as they can. Uh, um, and also they want to actually uh, ethnically cleanse uh, the Palestinians, if they can, from all of the West Bank and Gaza uh, eventually. That's their dream, and they've been doing that. Um, something uh, similar to what you say, um, you know, the water and the frog boiling slowly. I, don't, I can't uh, repeat that metaphor, but this is how it is. Um, and so when we say Nakba, which means the greatest catastrophe of 1948, which is um, announced, which was announced back in 15th of May 1948, and it was recognized by the world's biggest power as powers at the time until now, uh, we are actually talking about an ongoing Nakba for Palestinians. Originally, this was supposed to be a commemoration, but then, because of the evictions of these families, who are now not only 28, they are in the hundreds, because imagine Palestinian generations being uh, uh, living there. Uh, and this Sheikh Jarrah is so strategic uh, because this neighborhood is exactly less than one kilometer away from the walls of the ancient old city of Jerusalem, where all the walls of the ancient city, where all the holy sites are, uh, including Al-Aqsa Mosque. So this is very strategic. In the same time, it is not just a human catastrophe for these families. Palestinians all over Palestine, whether be it the Palestinians of 1948, who uh, are now called Israeli citizens, or the Palestinians in Gaza, or the Palestinians in uh, the West Bank, uh, or the Palestinians in Jordan and all over the diaspora, we all recognize that as ethnically cleansing uh, Jerusalem in particular, which uh, has an important stuff. Now, the developments happened because Israel was angered by the, um, the global uh, solidarity with the Palestinians. Palestinians en masse went to uh, uh, protest uh, around the homes of these 28 families uh, saying day and night in sit-ins and protests. And these protests spilled over till Ramadan started uh, last, uh, during May, as you know. And uh, Ramadan is a holy month for the Muslims. Uh, so the Israelis, in great retaliation to all this, um, uh, you know, the global anger and the Palestinians' unruly behavior, as they see it, they, they uh, decided to close you know, with barricades uh, the um, Al-Aqsa compound um, uh, from uh, Palestinians uh, under the guise of we, we don't want clashes between the far-right, uh, extreme-right uh, Israeli settlers and the Palestinians. But it's, in fact, it's uh, a way of, uh, their way of trying to rule us. And the Palestinians still defeated that kind of um, behavior. And since the last a few days of Ramadan, they managed to actually um, uh, remove, uh, like force Israel to remove these metal barricades um, and consider this uh, actually a, uh, a victory for them. What also spilled over from that is, <clears throat> is because of that public anger from the Palestinians over the, the Jerusalem, as I said, which is a very emotional issue, like... I'm telling you, 
I've seen even pictures of priests and Christians from Palestine going in solidarity and carrying pro protest placards uh, 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 against the occupation of the Al-Aqsa Mosque uh, compound. So this is uh, uh, spilled over into uh, anger from Israel about this. And the uh, in a cynical uh, step, the Hamas started to throw um, rockets at Israel. Uh, let's put, make it clear in the eyes and ears of every person in our audience. These rockets are primitive. They kill no one. They damage no property. Actually, there, there was almost like negligible number uh, of, of injuries or fatalities there. Whereas Israel, uh, using that guise, uh, started to, to terrorize Gaza um, in the past uh, few days. And um, Gaza is, we're talking about 2 million people caged in under siege for 14 years uh, from the Egyptian border and the Israeli border. So there is no way for these two, 2 million people to escape. They live in a 360 kilometer square uh, tight piece of land. And uh, the human catastrophe on them is already bad because of the siege, and now they are turned into rubble. So that is the situation, and that is uh, quickly volatile and quickly escalating because Israel finds the way to uh, get itself, um, uh, maybe their uh, prime minister to get maybe re-elected or something, or maybe to gain some um, sympathy from the world. They try to start this offensive because it is the weakest link. One of the interesting developments we've seen, and I think is new in the international landscape, are these Arab Israeli, otherwise known as Palestinian, protests in Israel. Um, though they've been heavily suppressed, how do you see these influencing the outcome of the war, the impact on international solidarity? And I guess, what is the future of these? Well, uh, I want to correct uh, your information, guys. It is not new, yet it, it, it erupts in, like, uh, every few years. These Palestinians in the so-called Israel, which is 1948 Palestine to me, um, these Palestinians never accepted the, the occupation, yet because they are under so much um, uh, oppression, being uh, the... the the minority over there and under very oppressive laws, um, they have been standing up maybe during the first, uh, uh, the very first intifada before the official first intifada in 1976, which was called the Land Day. It actually started from 1948 Palestine. Um, so the, I think what it, it tells me in all these um, uh, if you like, intifada, small intifadas that they do over there, it, it angers the Israelis even more because it tells them even those who are living amongst you never accepted you as, um, as a state. You are actually, they still consider you their occupiers and their oppressors. Um, actually, the, the apartheid is very obvious over there. Like, you can't visit um, a hospital uh, because the, Isra the Israeli women, let's say in, in, in the let's say in the maternity ward, they will want the, the doctors to meet the Palestinian women of Israel, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, 
in, in another shift other than the shift that they go to meet their doctor. I'm talking, I'm telling you just one little example of the apartheid they feel. So they never felt as citizens, and Israel cannot claim that it is a, a democracy um, when in, in actuality there are at least 40 laws that distinguish between the Israel, what they call us Israeli Arabs, but we're actually the Palestinians uh, who stayed there, and the, uh, the rest of um, the other uh, Israelis under that democracy. So the implications is, um, as you wanted to put it, is that we are all united, we are all one people, whether uh, we are in 1948 Palestine or Gaza or Jerusalem or uh, in the diaspora, like here in Australia, in Europe, in America, in Jordan, in all the Arab world. And actually, we will never stop feeling that as long as our uh, rights, including the right of return, um, are not heard. And just as a final question, what do you say about the Palestinian Authority at this time? Because they seem to be sidelined or silent at the moment. Or, or Are these protests a, a protest against the impotence of the Palestinian Authority as well? Uh, that's a brilliant question. And it came in the right time, uh, Pierre, because um, actually both Hamas and the Palestinian Authority have uh, no legitimate authority anymore. Um, and they are not democratically elected since at least 10 years. And I would like our listeners to know that there is, um, other than the popular protest and popular movement that you have, there is a new campaign uh, that being lo- has been launched since the end of 2020, uh, uh, and it was uh, championed, and it is still going on, it will really be uh, launched officially on the 22nd of May. Uh, that is one week from now. And it's, this campaign is called the National Palestinian Campaign to Rebuild uh, the Palestinian uh, National Organization, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which is the PLO. We want the PLO to, be, to go back as it was, the PLO that fights Israel, the PLO who never recognized Israel as a state and never engaged in the Oslo. We want to scrap the Oslo. We want um, to call for the right of return and our right of resistance. Uh, This campaign has been uh, going on, and um, I'm happy that you asked this question. Yes, definitely, the Palestinian Authority is is, is sidelined, and the... The emotions of people uh, and the strength of the people on the street now is much, much bigger than them. That was Reem Yunus, and before her, some highlights from the Melbourne-Palestine rally. There'll be ongoing solidarity rallies across Australia, so check out your local details. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR, with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network, with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website, and that's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. 
If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week. We'll finish up with the International, sung in Arabic, because the only way forward for Palestine is the unity of the working masses of the world. بركان فكر في اتقاد هذا آخر انفجار هيا نمحق الظلام نحطم القيود شيدوا الكون جديدا حرا كونوا أنتم الوجود بجموع قوية هبوا لا حظفر غادوا الأمامية يوحدوا البشر بجموع قوية هبوا لا حظفر غادوا الأمامية يوحدوا البشر العمل والفلاحون جميعا حزب الكادحين الأرض ملك المنتجين فما بقى للخاملين العمل والفلاحون جميعا حزب الكادحين الأرض ملك المنتجين فما بقى للخاملين كم تمزق اللحم منا مخالب المفترسين اجلوا سود الغربان عنا تشرق الشمس كل حين بجموع قوية هبوا لا حظفر غادوا الأمامية يوحدوا البشر بجموع قوية هبوا لا حظفر غادوا الأمامية يوحدوا البشر